around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast, a brand new podcast right here on Wednesday, and we're doing it just for you. We want to share with you the good things of God's Word that we know will help you be so successful in your life. We are so grateful for all that God is doing in the lives of believers around the world. Terry and I just marvel at how the gospel is being preached by different uh, people groups, different cities, different churches, different areas of the world, and what they're doing to just really make a difference in their communities in preaching the gospel. Uh, last week, we talked to you about um, how important the gospel is and the, and the five scriptures that um, God used, but the Holy Ghost reminded us of in, in the four gospels and in the book of Acts and explained to us that really the number one job for the church is soul winning. And Terry talked a lot about how um, we've gotten sidetracked maybe as a church getting on um, different venue, different uh, focus that we need to that the church thinks we need to be in, or we're distracted by a lot of unnecessary activity instead of being involved in actual soul winning every single um, day, week, hour. That's our thought. Our prayers are for more souls. Our um, influence is on behalf of winning people into the kingdom of God. Our preaching should be on the lost and talking about that. In the meantime. Pastors we know are, are going to teach and train the people of God to be soul winners and then to be strong in their own faith. Terry and I, we've talked about how different times that if we ever had our own Bible school, we'd love to just teach on missions, faith, and prayer <laughs> and just teach on those things all the time. And it, I know that if pastors will do that, you'll just end up really, really helping your people. Because when you teach on prayer, they're going to have to learn how to be led by the Holy Ghost and pray with anointing and power. If you're going to teach on faith, you're going to have to teach people the Word of God. They're going to have to know what to say, how to say, the different categories of the Word of God that deal with different aspects of our daily, everyday life. And then if you teach on missions, that's the total focus of everything that the church is about to do in this generation. So today we want to talk to you a lot about really what the focus of the church is. And Terry shared with us last week those five scriptures that we had over there in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the first chapter of the book of Acts that are Jesus telling us about what um, his command was, and that was to go ye... Yeah. You know, the only thing he told us to do was to get the gospel to the world. That's he, right. he didn't give us six or seven great commissions. No, that's he didn't right. give us six or seven commandments. He right. gave us one, one charge, one order, right. one commandment, one job, one mission, get the gospel to the world. And of course the church has done everything else but that. Now she certainly has done getting the right. gospel to the world right. years right. ago, not so much right. today. Today right. the church is focused more on uh, all, all these churches and pastors and, and preachers are all saying, oh, no, the Great Commission is, is making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. Well, you know, making disciples is fine with me. There's nothing wrong with making disciples, right. but it has nothing to do with the Great Commission. Right. It has nothing to do with getting somebody to heaven. Right. You know, if I take, if I go out here and get me five Christians or 12 Christians mm -hmm. and just have a Bible study with them every week right. and let them run around with me and I just make disciples out of them and, right. you know, make them good little Christians and try to make them like me, God forbid, right. then, uh, <laughs> then they, uh, 
if, if they were to die at any point right. before I got them or while I've got them, they're going to heaven. Right. But those other people out there, if they die, they're going to hell. Right. And so making disciples is not the point, nor is it the commandment, nor is it the commission, nor no. is it the charge of the order, right. nor is it the purpose or the job of the church. Uh, it's a good thing. We talked about last last week, good is the enemy of best. And exactly. the best thing is winning souls. Because if we if we don't get those souls won and Jesus comes, they go right. to hell. No, if, that's we got, right. if we got our disciples and Jesus comes, they're going to heaven. Right. Now, whether we disciple them well or not well, whether we disciple right. them to be really hot stuff or, or just, you know. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. They're still going to heaven if they're saved, if they're born again. So it has nothing to do with what Jesus died for. It has nothing to do with the Great Commission. Yet the church is, I hate to use the word deceive, but dear God, uh, the church is just about deceived anymore, right? Uh, and that's happened in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, they've changed, the church has changed her mind from missions is soul winning, or, to, or, or where the Great Commission is soul winning, right. to where it's just making disciples. Well, and, I, uh, I God think... knows we don't need any disciples of us. We need disciples <laughs> of Jesus. No, that's right. And, and where we get uh, into real trouble when groups of us are together, say, as in a local church, and there is not this outflow of area of soul winning, outreach, going out to the world, preaching the gospel, is that we begin to implode and we begin to make the focus uh, of the church building and the church room and the church service and the pastor all about making us feel good. Sure, and it's a, and it's a it's a perversion of what the entire kingdom of God is about. That's why people end up getting offended. That's why they end up getting in strife with one another. That's why they end up feeling like nobody loves them is because they're not giving out. They're not involved exactly in the going right. and the reaching of souls. And it's not about them. It's about souls. Jesus. Right. It's about reaching the world. You know, this new feel good, right. bless me, <laughs> you know, I'm special. This whole sissy gospel that we're preaching right, today right. Is, uh, is about, oh, God loves you so much. Uh-huh. Renee, God just loves you so much. God just woke up today. <laughs> And he just thought, you know, how in the world can I possibly, possibly bless Renee? Spend all his time figuring right. out how to bless you. And that's not what God does at all. Doesn't have anything to do with that. I preached with a knothead one time, a uh, <laughs> famous preacher, TV preacher. We preached in Hawaii together at a men's camp years ago. And he was preaching those guys all the time. He'd say, you know, God spends 24 hours a day sitting on his throne trying to figure out how he can make you happy. And, of course, those men all like that. They all say, yeah, praise the Lord, wonderful, glory to God. <laughs> and he said it day after day and service after service. My, he just my. said, God just spends all his time. I mean, his entire time in heaven sitting on his throne is trying to figure out how to make you happy. And finally, you know, my Popeye spirit came out, and I stands all I can stands, and I can stands no more. And I stood right up in the middle of his service, and I said, I said, that's the most ridiculous bunch of garbage I've ever heard in all my life. There's not a word of truth in it. And boy, everybody got quiet and, you know, looked around. And I said, God is not sitting in heaven, spending all his time on his throne, trying to figure out how to make you happy. In fact, God doesn't give a rip if you're happy or not. No, that's true. And you know, it's a real shock to the church when I say God yeah. doesn't give a rip if you're happy. But God wants you happy, but he wants you happy by his standard. That's right. He doesn't want you happy by your standard because you don't know what makes you happy. Well, it's the same uh, any thing. Any of you parents parent, out there, any of right, you parents right. out there, you know, your kids come to you and say, hey, Dad, can I do drugs? No, well, that'd make me happy. Well, hey, Dad, can I have a beer party? No, that'd make me happy. Well, I don't care if you're happy. 
I want you to be healthy and whole. I know what's good for you, and you don't know what's good for you. You don't know right. what makes you happy. You know, you go wake your kids up day after day, year after year, and say, okay, it's time for school. And I say, I don't want to go to school. You say, get up and go to school. I don't feel good. You'll feel better later. Get up. You know, you you make them do what's good for them, no, that's right. not what makes them happy. And they say, well, I don't want to brush my teeth. Brush your teeth anyway. I don't want your teeth falling out, but I don't want to. But I don't care. Brush your teeth. Eat your vegetables. I don't like vegetables. I don't care. Eat your vegetables. No, that's right. And Christians are so used to, and it's it's become really, really sad to watch that um, we're so easily offended in some things. And then people, you know, I hear this often from church members at different places that you and I travel. Well, I just don't feel loved. And I just, and I just don't feel like people care about me and that kind of thing. And, you know, that's a real tormenting voice from hell. Oh, yeah. And you, I want to. You're sitting around all the time trying, right. to, trying to be upset because you're not happy, thinking the world's wrong. Right. You know, I had a lady call me one time. She's actually a relative. Uh, and she called me years ago. And she said, Terry, I'm just giving you and Jackie a heads up that uh, me and my husband are getting a divorce. And I said, oh, sweetie, I hate to hear that. I said, y'all come on up here to Tulsa and visit with us and let, let's talk to you and let's pray with you. And, and let, no, 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 we're, we're, we've already made up our mind. We're getting a divorce because she said, I'm, I'm just not happy. And I said, well, honey, God just doesn't give a rip if you're happy or not. <laughs> it, right. This isn't about you being happy. It's about you doing the word and doing what God tells you to do and getting right. in the word and find out what God wants you to do. And that'll make you happy. No, that's exactly right. And and, the, and it is a maturity that needs to take over in the body of Christ in regard to our emotions and our feelings. And the world all the time is talking in your head about even buy this, go here. You have to have that. Sure. You have to see that. Feel, you the have feel good gospel. Yeah, this will make you and, feel good. And it just is along the about the same lines as what the advertising is in the world. But you know, today I was looking at those little kids that are dead in Syria right? because that monster and demon-possessed Assad uh, gassed them with chemical gas, with chemical warfare, right? and they're laying in the streets dead. Parents are laying in the streets dead. Rescue workers are going in there trying to rescue them, and while they go in there and try to rescue them, Assad drops more that chemical so weapons horrible. on them and kills them. Tried to kill the and, rescue And we're workers. over here, you know, upset because we're not happy about the dessert we're having or something. Right. You know, it's it's just such a distraction. It's so immature. And I do believe that it, it causes heaven to weep and it causes um, God to just be so frustrated, um, you know, in a way about who am I going to use? Who who will I send? I was reading that the other yeah, day about yeah. whom will go? Who, who will I send to go to the world that can trust me for their life and their personal life and you go and do the gospel for me? And that really is a walk of faith. That is trust in God that you take everything about you and hand it over to the Lord. I wanted to I wanted to tell you about this first. You know, God Terry was talking about how uh, the perverted concept that this uh, they were teaching over in another meeting in Hawaii about God just thinks about you all the time and wants you happy. Well, Psalm forty verse five does say that His thoughts towards us are innumerable and cannot be counted that God thinks about us and that he he but he's already done it in the past he's already thought about and put down in this book our we call our bible everything that we will need pertaining to life and godliness and so if Again, we Again he wants you happy by right, his, standard. By he his kno standard he knows what would be good for you and he knows what would bless you right. and so sure he wants you happy He's well, your father. He loves no, you. No, that's but right. But he wants you happy by his standard. And we, we've left his standard and, and inserted a new standard in yeah, his place. Yeah, we've, we've put counterfeit things in, in our soul 
that makes us think that that's what we have to have instead of real eternal life and godliness. And I check myself all the time. I mean, I'm always thinking about, come on, come on, come on, Renee. This has got to be, you know, godly before the Lord. This has got to be what's going to pay off in the future in regard to eternal things. And so when you look at these scriptures like this, I I just find that, that we've got to have a balance in our head about the things that we're looking for and believing for. Terry tells this wonderful example, and then I want to read here to us out of Ephesians 3, about how Christians are so deceived, and we're really immature children. You know, like Jesus said, um, he said, this generation is a perverse generation. Mm -hmm. He said, because they don't know what they want. He said, I sent John the Baptist to them, and they didn't like that, and they accused him, you know, um, and, and then now I've come, and he said, you're mad at me. He said, "He said I, I sent you, you had a funeral. And he said, now we're having a wedding. <laughs> and he said, you're you, still not happy. and you're still not happy. So he called that a wicked and perverse, perverse generation. So I wanted Terry to just take a few minutes here and talk to you today about how we get distracted by looking for things that are sensational and things that are spectacular instead of really using our faith to believe God for a miracle. And that comes about by a different operation of the things in the spirit than just a Hollywood, you know, spectacular, sensational, uh, hand, you know, handwriting in the sky and, no, and some well. some explosion or, or air balloon dropped down on in your backyard. Talk about that, Darling. Well, I've talked about that for years because we, we are so, or here in the States anyway, we are so Hollywood-minded Right. We're so used to special effects. We're so right. used to the explosions and the and 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 all the <laughs> the magical the, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> and, and and yet we so we start pushing that over into our spiritual life right and so we start believing God to be this sensational right. uh, act and and to be a, a spectacular act right. and God's not sensational and God's not spectacular He's mm-hmm. simply miraculous and He wants our life to be miraculous right. but That's sometimes right. the miraculous isn't near uh, as explosive right. and exciting as the sensational or, or the spectacular. It can be subtle and progressive until, you know, one day, let, let's say, you know, back in January, you had a crisis, and here by April the 5th, it look, you look back on it and you say, I don't know how we got out of that. Right, yeah. But, it, but God did a miracle. But God did a miracle. In January, it looked this way, and now look at it now, and I can't really tell you how it happened. I just know it is miraculous we got out of that situation. Well, absolutely. And you know that my definition of miracle has always just been because God. Right. That's so Because good. God. If That's you can so explain it, it's not a miracle. Right. If you know how it happened, it's not a miracle. Right. The, ex- the only explanation has to be is, I don't know how this happened, but it's just because God. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you know, if you ask a bumblebee how he can possibly fly, because the scientists have proved that he can't do it. The laws of aerodynamics, the laws of aviation prove that a bumblebee can't fly. His body's too big. His wings are too small. Absolutely impossible for him to fly at all. And if you ask a bumblebee, how is it that you fly? He'd just smile and say, because God. That's that's the only explanation. There is not another explanation. You know, my kids, my kids used to come to me and say, Daddy, Daddy, we got our homework done. It's sensational. It's a miracle. I said, oh, no, it's not a miracle. It's sensational, and it's spectacular, and I'm impressed, and I'm happy, but it's not a miracle. We know how you did it, and you can do it again. Right. You know, people right. used to come to me and say, Brother Terry, we put a man on the moon. Man, he, you know, he, he's driving a Jeep around, picking up rocks. That's a miracle. I said, oh, no, it's not a miracle. 
It's sensational right. and it's spectacular. It's impressive, but all it took was an expenditure of a few billion dollars <laughs> and some men and women with some That's intestinal right. fortitude right. to get in that bird and, and and go to the moon and drive a jeep and pick right. up rocks and, and come home. I mean, that, it it's it's Figured it's it but out. it's not miraculous. Yeah. It's sensational and it's spectacular. So sometimes in our and of course, some things in the Bible that were miraculous right. were sensational. I mean, splitting the Red Sea, going sure. over on dry sure. ground. Sure. I mean, sure. some of that stuff was sensational and spectacular. But but the average Christian today, that's what they're looking for in their life is they're expecting God to just come up with this explosion, right. with this absolutely just overwhelm yeah. them and everybody else. Right. And and God just usually doesn't do that. It's usually a miracle. Right. You know, I used to tell God all the time. I'd say, Lord, look, if I were God. <laughs> I would tell Oral Roberts or Kenneth Hagen uh, where the Ark of the Covenant is. Right. That'd be so cool. Then they could go, Oral could go get it. He could bring it to Tulsa. Right. He could put it at the prayer tower. <laughs> he could open it up, and all the world could come and walk around and see it. And there's the Ark of the Covenant, and there's the Ten Commandments, and there's the showbread, and there's Aaron's rod that budded. That would just, that would prove that you're here. That would prove you're real. I mean, Indiana Jones found the Ark of the Covenant. Right. Surely God knows where it is. <laughs> And if you just tell Oral where it is or tell Brother Hagen where it is, then all the Christians can say, see, ha, 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 we were right. Right. But God's not into that. God's not not. into the sensational. He's he's not not. into the spectacular. He wants you to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God is a faith God. He's a God of faith. And he he wants us to believe for miracles. He wants our life to be miraculous. And I find that that, again, is the heart of a father and that he wants us to follow him in a day-to-day like Adam and Eve did in the garden where they Absolutely. where they um, enjoyed his presence every single sure. day and they were able to fellowship with him and walk with him. And four times in the Bible, it tells us that the just shall, shall live, live by faith. By faith. Right. But it's faith in the word of Old God. Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah, and Old and New Testament. It's faith in the word of God, faith in the name of Jesus, faith in the promises of God, faith in the holy indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that is always working in you. And then I I was looking at when we're talking about miracles, you know, and things that God does here in Acts 16, when, when Paul went in there to preach the gospel and they were, went down there, you know, into the city of Thyatira, it says that, that God uh, opened Lydia's heart to hear what Paul had to say. Her heart was open. And that's, and that's one of the things that you've talked about, how that if we'll pray, God will open people's hearts. He'll prick their hearts. Exactly. exactly. He'll, he'll open their eyes. Acts Acts chapter two, when Peter preached, it says the Holy Ghost, Pricked their hearts. Yes. It's like you'd prick your hand with a pen. You'd take and a that's hand, what you a need pen, to pray, prick to your win hand. souls. They're prick their hearts. That's right. I want to say a couple of things before we run out of time. Sure. And, and it's easy for us to run out of time because we get excited <laughs> over the things of God and talking to our, no, our, our right. partners and our friends that are, <laughs> that are listening to these podcasts. Right. We put up a new podcast every Wednesday. Right. And then there are also archives. So anybody yes. can just go to terrymize.com. You can just and, feed and, on this all the time. grab these podcasts and listen yes. to them and what have yes. you. But I want to say a couple of things. Number one. I wanted to say we just got back in Romania yes. over a week ago now, right. and uh, Romania was just tremendous, and 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 we had a hundred gypsy pastors and their wives. And their wives. We brought 200. them in. We paid mm-hmm. for their hotel room. We paid for their uh, three meals a day and a coffee break. We good food, not bad, but right. really good food. Wonderful yeah, food. Eaten, we uh, served we them ate with them, and the, the food's just excellent. You'd have been proud and, of us, uh, those of you uh, that gave us. In fact, we've actually gone to that hotel just to eat, just to eat before, right? Because the food's so good, right? And right. so we feed those gypsy pastors uh, Love really on them good, and honor good, them. yeah. 
And uh, and then we also, a number of them, we pay their transportation. We right. help them with their transportation. Right. Just like I've done for many, many years, I'll, right. I'll, I'll help them one way. I'll say, hey, you get to me, and I'll I'll get you back. You mm-hmm. give me a receipt mm-hmm. for how you got here, and if you came on a train or a bus or right. whatever, or gas or in your car. Right. And, you know, some Americans don't understand that and say, well, you pay those guys to come here, you preach. Well, what you don't understand is these guys are, are have a full-time job. You know, they're not full-time right. pastors. They pastor on Sunday, but they work a full-time, they have full-time job. Time jobs. And so yeah. to come hear me for a week, then they've got to, to leave that paycheck. They're going to miss a right. week's work of pay. Plus, they're going to have to travel and spend money. And so that's why we do that. We cover their We their, do everything that we possibly can to And then minister to them attendance. all day long. I mean, yeah. preach them the word <laughs> of faith without compromise. Oh, Pardon. And this time they were just so, they were so, hungry. so hungry and so yes, receptive and, a, and so yes, receptive, excited attentive. and just pulling and pulling. And, and good, you ministered. I had you minister and I had Sister Dorcas Maris. Uh, uh, Terry Maris and Dorcas from Del Rio, Texas, dear friends of mine. Yes. And uh, I had Dorcas preach uh, one session and you preach one session. Right. And that just is unheard of among the gypsies. And this is mean, our second year to do that and to, have broken to ground. To let a woman yeah. stand up and preach is unheard right. of. And then we call them up for prayer. Call the women, women up, for, up prayer. for prayer. So these hundred women, call them up for prayer. It Nobody's was. ever done that before. Nobody's called these women up for prayer and pray for them. And those That's women came and they cried and they cried as, right. as the four of us laid hands on them, you know, and you and Dorcas and Terry and myself laid hands on them over and over and just... Uh, it was just a powerful meeting. In fact, some okay. of the men pastors came up yes. later and said, you know, maybe we better rethink this woman thing. Maybe we better rethink uh, a woman speaking to <laughs> yeah, us. And, uh, so anyway, that, I wanted to talk about that. Look what the Lord uh, just, Or just make that comment. Right. And then I wanted to make the comment about after that, we went up to Transylvania and, right. and ministered with our orphan kiddos. And, yes. and these kids, some of them I've known since they were born. Some I've known since they were, uh, oh, probably the oldest was five or six years old. And then I've known them all these many years. Right, you know, right. some of them I've known for 18 years. And uh, so they're getting older, and, and of course, of course, originally they weren't supposed to get older there because no. we were adopting them out to people in the states, and right. so they should have come to America as babies. But uh, the, the European Union shut down foreign adoption, just shut them down, and so these kids got caught in this time war, and so they've lived there in in, in the homes in Romania uh, all these years. That's right. And so, uh, so we spent time with them. We fed them. We took them out to eat. We. We took them to the mall, gave them all money, and let them go shopping and, right. and what have you. And, and then the second thing I want to talk about is this coming Sunday is Easter. And, you know, Easter is just a big deal to it me. It is. And it's a big <laughs> deal to a Christian. Easter yes, is, is the foundation. Yes, it is. It's the cornerstone. It is the reason why we're Christians. I mean, if it was not for Easter, we would not be no, Christians. That's right. Paul said if Absolutely. Christ had not ri- did not raise from the dead— then we would mm-hmm. of all men be most miserable. That we That's that right. our faith would be in vain, our preaching would be in vain. Right. This would all be a sham and a joke and, and, and nothing to it. But he said if, if Christ didn't rise, then the dead don't rise. And if the dead don't rise, then then they're just dead in their sins and Christ is just dead my in the grave. Goodness. And we well, all have no life. hope. Yeah. But he said we do have a hope. And so right. uh, I know Christians sometimes want to hang up on the word Easter. They want to call you know that well. It's Resurrection Sunday. Well, I don't have a problem with that, but don't get hung up on stuff. Easter's a powerful time. They want to That's hang right. up on the on the bunny and on the eggs and all the other <laughs> stuff. Everybody's looking to be against something. But listen, we need to understand. Right. Uh, we need to understand. In fact, in England today, they they made a determination in England. They're gonna they're not gonna say Easter egg hunt. They're just gonna call it the England egg hunt. Everybody's trying to take Jesus out of everything, and Christians certainly don't need to do it. And so right. uh, uh, we just need to understand that Easter is the 
most holy day for a Christian. It is the best holiday, the most holiday. holy day for a Christian, and it absolutely defines everything we are and everything we believe. That's what we're That's about right. is That's the right. fact that Jesus rose right. from the dead. That one single event, the 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 the, the resurrection and the paying of a life and blood of one who was worth all of us. That's right. His blood was worth all of us. He was the fail-safe, Renee, that God kept in the vault all these centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries and brought him out and shed his blood (laughs) and put him in the grave and blew that grave open the third day. And he paid blood for all of mankind forever and ever and ever. And that is a marvelous, magnificent, powerful uh, declaration, testimony, lifestyle that nobody else has. No, no false god has that no, claim. No, that's right. No, I've been to all the gods of the world. I've been to the religions of the world. I've seen the idols and the statues, right. and the and I've been with the Buddhists and the atheists and the animists and the Shintoists and the Buddhists and and the, and the Muslims, and I've been with them all. And no one makes that claim that their god is alive today, rose from the dead, lives inside them. Right. And so anyway, I'm I, I just I just as Easter's coming. Uh, this this next Sunday, mm. uh, this this week that we're doing this this podcast. Um, uh, of course, if you listen to it afterward, and Easter's already right. happened, but you know it's it's coming up Sunday. No, that's right. And no, uh, I'm just excited about Easter. I'm excited about the things of God, and and we've got to get out and share with the world that Jesus right. rose from the dead. That and Jesus is the... alive today. I preached a few weeks ago, and you mentioned on last week's podcast, and we never got back to it. And I talked about three missionary calls. That God gave us in the New Testament three mm-hmm. great missionary calls. He gave us a call from hell. Right. He gave us a call from the heathen. Right. And he gave us a call from heaven. We find out in Luke 16, Jesus said, Jesus said, the rich man died and in hell. It says this. It said, the rich man died and was buried. Mm-hmm. See, the rich man died and was buried. What? His body was buried. His body was buried, but he wasn't buried. Jesus said, in hell, he lift up his eyes, eyes. being in torments, plural. The rich man died and was buried and lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torments. And then it goes on to talk about how the rich man saw Abraham and saw Lazarus and said, please send that beggar and just just dip, let that beggar dip his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm tormented in this flame. Four times they use the word torments or tormented. And that, beggar, that that rich man said, please send him to my brothers. I don't want them to come to this place of torment. In fact, he makes two statements about them. He said, Tell, send him to my brothers so he can testify to them. He knew they needed to be testified to. And that's what Christians need to do today. Go testify to somebody. Right. And then it says, so they will repent. He knew they needed to repent. Right. Then he said this, so they won't come to this place of torment. So anyway, there's a missionary call from hell, a man in hell right. saying to us, please go Go tell them so they won't come to this place of torment. And then in in Acts 16, Paul had a vision, and the Macedonian man in the vision said, please come over here and help us, because they can't help themselves, Renee. The sinner can't help themselves. The the heathen can't help themselves. They've got to have a Christian to go tell them. So he said, please come tell us. So that's a missionary call from hell, missionary call from the heathen. And then on last week's uh, podcast, I gave the the missionary call from heaven, although I don't think I called it that during the podcast, (laughs) where five times Jesus gave us the Great Commission. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Five times, get the gospel to the world. world. So uh, there's a missionary call from heaven. So this Easter Sunday, thank God for the resurrection. Thank God Jesus is alive. 
Thank God the word works, the oh, blood right. works, the name works, the Holy Ghost works, the angels <laughs> work. And thank God we have that power, that's but we're right. not supposed to keep that's it to right. ourselves. We want no. to go to heaven, but don't go by yourself. Take a crowd with you. And and, and so we, we have three missionary calls to, to get this gospel to the world and to celebrate this Easter Sunday and declare that Jesus is risen indeed. Well, that's right. And, and to remember that the life of God is in you. The Apostle Paul said in James, everybody, I mean, in Galatians, that he said, once you were darkness, but now you are light. And this is your weekend to celebrate. Absolutely. Go the read life 1 Corinthians chapter God. 15, the 15th chapter. Uh-huh. 1 Corinthians is where Paul is talking about all this stuff and talking about uh, the resurrection of the dead. It, it's powerful. Well, you know, and it would do you good to take some time to go and read like 1 Corinthians 15. And then here in Ephesians 3, we didn't get to that today, but it's talking about that in verse 10, this whole chapter really is explaining God's plan to reach the world and how he wanted to do it through the church. And that's you and I. And then it says that that God's purpose is that through the church, he wanted to show the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God and all of its infinite variety and innumerable aspects. To me, that's everybody. All the Christians in all the world, every one of us have an aspect we are we we have a particular garden variety of how we can share the word of god to other people so that people will begin to know this and it says that all the angelic rulers and everything heaven and earth and hell are all going to be watching us do this so i want to encourage all of you to just we used to sing a wonderful little song when i was growing up i have the life of god in me and when we have that life on the inside of us then we're lights to go out and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can just, I mean, go around and just nothing Absolutely. else, look look happy. <laughs> Jesus' threefold mission was always light, life, and love. And we carry always. that. When you get there, remember God gets there. Well, our time is gone for today, and we hope we've shared something uh, that made you happy. I know Terry and I usually end up preaching ourselves happy, but we want to say to you again, happy Resurrection Easter Sunday. Amen, amen. We're going to celebrate the good things of God and make it a focus this weekend to share the gospel with somebody that you've never talked to before. Don't spend your time on the knotheads that want to argue about it. <laughs> I believe the and Holy Ghost start winning share. souls and yes, start finding somebody yes. that's winning souls and hook up with them. And hook up with them. Well, uh, remember, you can listen to these podcasts uh, on terrymiesministries.org, and you can also contact us or listen to the podcast on terrymise.com. And we've always got um, materials and things for you on our website that you can take advantage of. And we'll be in Conroe, Texas. Texas this Sunday, Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, preaching for Pastor Sue Pastor Lanza, Sue Lanza. Dear for years and years. And, and years. Uh, the name of that church is Family Harvest Center. Mm-hmm. And we are so excited about being there with Conroe, Sue Texas. in Conroe, Texas. So, uh, everybody around the world, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, we want you to know God loves you. We love you. We're praying for you and believe he this. He is risen. <laughs> he is risen, and you are more and than a conqueror. conqueror. Right. God bless you. Bye bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.